Hey, awesomes. This is Meg Teets, and welcome back to another episode of Extra Awesome. From time to time, we take a break from our regular Friday schedule and talk to interesting people who are doing awesome things in the world. Before we get to this week's Extra Awesome guest, I wanted to let you all know this is the last episode for this season of Extra Awesome. We'll be putting our weekly Tuesday bonus episodes on pause as I prepare for maternity leave, which will last throughout the summer. But we're going to be back with a new season of Extra Awesome in September of 2019. So once again, I want to give a huge thank you to our superstar awesome supporters. Our superstars are the people who have signed up to support Sorta Awesome on Patreon at just $5 a month, and their support is absolutely what makes features like our Extra Awesome series possible. So superstars, thank you for that. And if you would like to join our supporters in making it possible for Sorta Awesome to continue to bring the awesome to the world as well as get access to our private podcast feed, which has hours and hours of episodes that we'll never release to our Friday podcast feed, as well as access to our private hangout on Facebook. You can do all of that and get signed up at sortaawesomeshow.com slash support. Okay, I know you all are going to love this week's Extra Awesome. I'm joined today by Heather Collar. Heather is an awesome who's a military spouse of 17 years, and she's a homeschooling mom of three. She currently calls Colorado Springs home, and her passion is hospitality and building community. As an introvert, Heather realized you don't have to be the life of the party to host one. So Heather, welcome to Sorta Awesome. Thanks, Meg. I'm happy to be here. I am so thankful that you have taken time to come and talk to us about hospitality, entertaining. You're coming at it particularly as an introvert, but you all know I have such a heart for hospitality, but I have talked about many times on this show that I'm constantly getting tripped up in my head about the ins and outs of hosting people. So even though I'm an extrovert, I especially need to hear the advice and wisdom that you are bringing to the awesomes today. So let's get right to it. I know you've shared with me that part of your story is the things that you have learned about hospitality and community building through being a military spouse, which is a very unique and very awesome community in and of itself. So I was wondering if you could kind of start there, give us a little bit of background about how your family being part of the military has helped you to really develop this art of hosting and hospitality. Sure. Um, Well, like you said, I've been an Air Force spouse for 17 years. And during our early assignments, uh, I was fortunate that my husband was assigned to squadrons that had an active spouse network. And so um, the military spouses would meet together every month and for a social. And those events would be anywhere from just simply meeting for coffee to themed events like a, a swap of some kind or a game night. And it was really at those gatherings that friendships were formed and that community was built. And I saw that women thrive when they have something to look forward to. And those gatherings um, really enabled us to weather the challenges of military life and living overseas and deployments. And Mm. I saw that women want to be invited and it just simply takes someone willing to go first. So that's really been my inspiration is just seeing how Um, those gatherings made such a difference in just even simply our 
mental health and we're sanity savers. So um, I've just, I've made hospitality a priority because I wholeheartedly believe that the world would change for the better if we would open our homes and our hearts to one another. Because hospitality has a way of breaking down barriers and bolstering health and providing a much needed catalyst for deep connection. Oh my gosh. I so agree with that. And you just, even just in your first few sentences have shared some really important truths. I really do think that most of us really do want to be invited to things. And it it's so good to remember that. And it's so affirming because if you're hosting something, sometimes we can even get a little bit nervous about like, is anybody even going to show up for this? And um, just putting out the invite is so huge sometimes. And Definitely. We all need something to look forward to, regardless of whatever our age is, whatever stage of life we're in. Having something to look forward to can make a dramatic difference in our actual quality of life, especially when you're in the day-to-day work of life. Yes, definitely. That's so great. And I really love that you, you know, okay, here's the thing. I say this a lot about personality talk, because we talk a lot about personality stuff on Sort of Awesome, but we can never really, we shouldn't use it as a, um, something as a restriction in our life. Like it would be easy for you to be like, well, I'm an introvert, so I'll happily go to these things, but that's it. I I'm not really equipped to do the hosting, but you did not let that be a restriction in your life. You have really thought about and, and like lived into some ways to actually take up not only going to events, but hosting them too. So I was wondering if you have some practical advice for all of us, especially the introverts who are listening about taking up that role of actually hosting people or planning events. Yes. Well, one thing, a secret that I've discovered is that I am actually more comfortable as a host sometimes than I am as a guest, because as a host, I get to set the tone and the guest list and the noise level. And so the things that I, yeah, the things that make me more comfortable, like I have a control over when I'm a host. And so I can use things that I personally find refueling to create a warm, welcoming environment. So if you come to my house, you know, you're probably going to find the candles are lit and that I have a, a, a soothing Spotify list playing in the background and that, you know, I've brought out my favorite tea and maybe set out a few flowers. Just those things that personally just are calming and comforting to me. I use those to welcome others into my home. Yeah. And if you're the one who's planning it and hosting it, then yeah, you totally get to pick those things. I love that. I've never thought about it that way. Yeah. And honestly, people crave connection, not Pinterest perfect events. And I think it's just really easy to get caught up in, you know, what an event should look like or what a host should be like. And I just, um, over the years have figured out how to just do me. And the more I've learned about introversion and the strengths of an introvert, I've just been able to lean into the fact that, you know, I, I crave deep connection. I do that well. And I, you know, I can listen to others. And these are all things that that people need and want. 
Right, exactly. And so much about hospitality, truly at the heart of it, really is about connection. It's not about putting on a perfect event. It's about the actual, the, the conversations that are going to happen, the experiences that people are going to have. So that's so smart. I love that, being able to have that perspective on it. And I've definitely also, you know, had to be realistic about my energy levels and how I manage my energy as a host. Um, yes. I am really careful when I'm scheduling things to make sure that um, I, there's lots of downtime before and after. Um, I am, you know, if I schedule a, a party, I'm usually doing it like two months in advance and blocking mm-hmm. it out on the calendar and making sure, okay, I'm not going to load up my calendar beforehand so that I'm not crazy and exhausted by the time the event comes. And then I also, you know, make sure I have that recovery time afterwards just so that you know, hospitality remains a sustainable plan. Yeah. Yes, that is so important. And I am so glad that you mentioned the energy component because truly that is the biggest difference between introverts and extroverts. It really has very little to do, even though pop culture would tell us otherwise, it has very little to do with how much you want to be around people. It's more about the energy component. And so for introverts, things that happen externally, things that you experience externally can drain your energy. The things that you are able to experience that speak to you inwardly are restoring to you and it's vice versa for extroverts. So we derive a lot of energy from our external circumstances And I think that's so smart. And I think we've even talked about, I think when my sister was on the show one time, we were talking about introverts because she's an introvert, I'm an extrovert, and how introverts feel really uncomfortable with like loosey-goosey plans or or spontaneous things because of that energy component. Because yeah, you have to build that into what your day looks like, what your week looks like, even what your month looks like in some ways. Yes. So I think that's so smart that you like adapted that idea of, okay, I have this much energy. It's going to take this much energy to put on, whether it's, you know, a simple gathering in your home or a bigger event. So how do I build around that? That is so, so smart. Yes. And then another thing that I always do whenever I throw a party is, um, I ask that guests bring food. I just, you know, on my invite, we'll say, Hey, bring an appetizer, finger food or dessert to share. Um, just because it preserves my energy. And then in this day and age where there's so many food sensitivities and allergies, it just Uh ensures that everyone who walks in the door is going to have something to eat. And, um, and also just financially, I can throw more parties if I'm not spreading out a feast every single time. Like I love, there's a time and a place for that. And I, I love it. And I love people who do that. But just for me and my energy, like I need help in that department. And so that's just one way that I make hospitality a little easier. And honestly, I think people like participating in a way, showing up to somebody's door with something yeah. in hand. Yeah, I think that you're absolutely right. There's something a little bit more comfortable about coming with something, like you said, in hand instead of empty handed. So that makes so much sense. And I I love the fact that that's another area where you're like, I know what my strengths are and doing a full, you know, a full complete spread every single time is not one of them. So how can I, you know, basically make this happen, like you said, more sustainably, more consistently, where it's not only you know, you don't want to drain your energy, but you also don't want to drain your bank account. (laughs) That makes so much sense. And then my favorite 
I guess my biggest secret <laughs> is hosting themed events so that the responsibility for connection or even conversation isn't solely resting on me. Like I love dinner parties, but you know, we've all sat through that like awkward silence and just sometimes the pressure of, okay, you know, how do I get the conversation going again? Um, I don't know. That's just not my favorite feeling in the world. Right. And so yes. um, when there's some kind of a theme or um, just a, a general um, conversation that's happening as a group, it just makes it easier on me. And um, and I just, I also think they're a lot of fun. Yes. Yeah. What are some examples of some, some of the themes that you've put together that have worked really well with groups? Again, it's so smart to do that because then the whole burden of keeping the energy going is not on you. But I would love right. to hear some of the ones that you've um, that you've planned and pulled off that worked out really well. Sure. Yeah. Um, I've done an accessory swap. So um, everybody brings just their gently used purses, scarves, jewelry that um, they're not really wearing anymore. And um, guests draw numbers and that kind of decides the order that people get to go and pick something from the group of goods that are brought. And it's just a fun way to get together and clear out um, your closet. Um, as a as a homeschool mom, um, I've held uh, curriculum nights at the end of the school year. So I just ask other homeschool moms to come and bring their favorite books or curriculum that they used in the year. And then we just discuss what worked for the year and what you'd change for the following school year. And um, that's been really fun. Um, I've done a mini book club. So I haven't been able to start, you know, and commit to hosting, um, you know, an ongoing monthly book club. Mm -hmm. But I've um, a few times just chosen one particular book and say, hey, you know, I have this book that I really would love to read and discuss with some others. Would you be willing to join me? Um, and I think, you know, the burnout book that you discussed in episode 193, or even a selection from Modern Mrs. Darcy's Summer Guide would be uh -huh. a really fun way <laughs> to do um, a mini book club. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Um, I've done brunch before on a Saturday where um, we've gotten together to watch something. Sometimes it's a group of homeschool moms watching a homeschool training video. Um, but I think it would be really fun, kind of an idea I have for the future is to um, gather to watch Brene Brown's Netflix documentary. Yes. Think, oh, that um, would be so good to watch with a group. I love it. Yeah. I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, I've done recipe swaps where I ask each guest to bring or to choose five recipes and then bring multiple copies to the party. And we just sit around and eat snacks and pass around our <laughs> copies so that everybody leaves with weeks worth of meal ideas. And um, I love it just because it's, it, it's great to have new recipes. Um, mm -hmm. And then um, it gives me an idea of how to practically serve my friends in the future that, like I said, you know, with food sensitivities and dietary restrictions, um, it's sometimes hard to know, you know, what can I, if somebody's sick or has a need, what meal can I bring them? And so, you know, when I have an idea of how their family eats, I have a better idea of how to serve them in the future. And then food is such a personal thing. So it, it's just a way to get to know people when you find out, oh, this is, you know, their grandmother's favorite recipe or yes. what they um, always eat at a holiday meal. And it's just a really fun way to get to know people. Definitely. Yeah. I love that. And then my absolute favorite um, party to throw is a favorite things party. Um, I There's many ways to do it, but how I do it is I ask my guests to pick an item that they love that costs $7 or less. Um, they bring five of those items 
to the party. And then when they come to the party, I guess we'll write their name on five slips of paper and put it in a bowl. And then once everyone's put their names in the bowl, the bowl is passed around and every guest draws five names and they make sure they don't draw their own name or any duplicates because those five names will be the recipients of their favorite thing. And then I, as a host, pro provide each guest a gift bag. And inside of that bag, there's a card with a number and a question on it. So the number just determines the order of presentation. And so I'll just sit there and I say, okay, who has number one? And then whoever had number one on their card, you know, they go first. So they answer the question that's on their card and then they present their items. And then the question is usually some kind of icebreaker, like what's a skill you wish you could instantly acquire or where's your favorite place to go out to dinner? And it's just a really great way to get to learn things about people that you necessarily wouldn't otherwise yes. or you know, it would be multiple play dates before you discover that you know they <laughs> wish they could instantly acquire Beyonce singing skills or carpentry or whatever and then everyone gets to go home with five new items so it really it is the favorite things party is my favorite party oh my gosh I'm just like sitting here beaming thinking <laughs> I mean, as you can imagine, because I we talk about favorite things a lot here. Yeah. I love that stuff in real life too. I think that would be such a fun party. And really for you as the hostess, probably pretty low effort. I mean, putting the gift bags and, you know, doing the, the questions would take a little time, but um, really a lot of that is about people sharing of themselves, sharing what their favorite thing is. And then you get to go home with a little goodie bag full of fun swag from your friends. I think that is so fun. Oh, it is so fun. I think everybody needs to host a favorite things party because really it is, it's a blast. It's, and it's a great way to get to know people. Definitely, definitely. And you could even do like holiday versions and yes. there's so many ways you could adapt it. So Oh my gosh, Heather, that is so clever. I'm totally stealing that idea. <laughs> Go for it. I would love that. Now, I will say, um, just with all of these ideas, um, I understand what it's like to be a mom of young kids hearing these kinds of things. Um, sure. And yeah. thinking, well, that's nice, except for my husband works late, my kids go to bed, you know, at seven, or I'm just, right. my kids wake up at five in the morning and I'm way too tired to throw a party. And so I will say that, um, you know, in my season of life, when I had littles, um, hospitality looked completely different. Mm -hmm. um, and I had to adjust my expectations and kind of think outside the box. Um, most of what I would do would be during the daytime, you know, working around nap time and um, feeding times. But um, I uh, would... Like one of the things that I did when my kids were like one, three, and five, and it just felt like a lot was changing and I was kind of delving into the crunchy world and starting to cloth diaper and, and I'd have friends who would ask me questions about, oh, well, how are you doing, you know, this thing now with your kids or how are you making yogurt in your crock pot or whatever. And um, I just decided, you know, I don't have time to, you know, meet with people one-on-one -on -one to answer all these questions. I'll just get everybody together because, you know, people are yeah. cur curious about my life and I'm curious about theirs. So I kind of made, it's like an informal mom's mastermind group where I would just send out an invitation. I'd say, Hey, Friday morning, come to my house, bring your kids. We're going to talk about this topic. We're going to talk about, you know, meal planning and I want to hear your ideas and I'll share mine. And so, um, 
yeah, friends would just <laughs> come and we'd sit around and I would just moderate the discussion and say, Hey, here are a few ideas. This is what I've, this is what's been working for me lately. Tell me what's been working for you. And, um, and then I just sit there and take notes and email them out to everybody afterwards. And it was just such an encouragement uh, and really a fun time. And like I said, it was super informal. Kids were there and, um, but it really, I learned a lot in that season. And I think it was really an encouragement to all the other moms who came. Yes. That is so smart. I'm just like sitting here like, girl, you are a genius. <laughs> <laughs> I wish somebody would have been doing a mom's mastermind when my kids were little. That would have been hugely helpful. And, you know, they're, they, like you said, they are little side conversations that pop up here and there, maybe at play group or at story time at the library, you have these little mini conversations, but to have it in a bigger context where you get to hear from a lot of different moms who are, have things that are working well for them. And then, like you said, it's kind of more efficient because you're not having to <laughs> repeat the same stuff over and over. I'm just like, this is genius. I love it. <laughs> and then, um, there was another season where, um, just, I felt like a lot of my friends were, yeah, we were lonely. And I was like, okay, how do we get out the door? How do we meet together? And so um, it was actually a friend who started it, who just said, hey, you know, I need, I need face-to-face interaction. I can't just be around toddlers all day. Um, from Friday, on Friday mornings from 9.30 to 11.30, my house will be open, like, and my coffee pot will be fired up. Just come by, bring the kids, but just hang out. And, uh, so we initially met at her house and then it was just so great that, um, we, every week we would just take turns and say, Hey, who wants to do it next week? And so, um, we just take turns saying, okay, nine thirty to eleven thirty, my door will be open and just come by, hang out. And it was such a life giving practice during that season of, of feeling like I never get out of my house and I'm mm-hmm. not being another adult. So that was, um, yeah, that was wonderful. And then the the mini book club idea that I've already shared, um, I definitely did that when the kids were little. And um, I would meet with friends at somewhere where there was kind of a contained playground where the kids could mm-hmm. safely run around. And just had yeah. the expectation that I know our discussion will have more interruptions than, you know, if we were meeting without kids. But honestly, at the end of the day, I'd rather have connection and a conversation with interruptions than sitting lonely at home. Yes. Oh my goodness. Anywhere with a playground when you have little kids is like, so it's it's such a sacred thing to be able to just let the kids go. And yeah, you do have these little interruptions that come up, but yes, just to get out of the house. I mean, especially speaking as an extrovert, those moments saved my life when my kids were little, because otherwise I was just really sitting at home going crazy. So, oh yes. So smart. And even during the week, you know, those Friday morning gatherings during the week, I could put up with just about anything because I knew Friday was coming. Yes. Yes. That is so smart. I love it. Well, Heather, this has been awesome. Thank you for sharing not only some of your inspiration for why you got into hospitality and why you continue to practice it um, so well in your community, even though, I mean, I'm sure as a military spouse that you're picking up and moving into different communities probably pretty frequently. Yes, we're on our 12th move. (laughs) Oh, wow. 
Yes. So I love the fact that you these things that you've kind of learned and put together, they're in, of course, in the military community, everybody's moving a lot. And so everybody's looking to make those connections, I'm sure. And I love that wherever you're putting down roots for that time, that these are things that you can be like, all right, let's just start getting to know each other. Here we go. (laughs) These are so smart and so accessible, I think, for so many of us that just need somebody to kind of hold our hand a little bit and get us started. So really, thank you so much for taking the time to come and um, share what this looks like in your life and share why you do it, why you practice this, why it has become such an important part of your life. So really, thank you again. Oh, you're very welcome. And if people want to have follow-up conversations with you, is there anywhere we can find you? I know you're active in the Hangout group. Is there um, anywhere else we could find you to connect? Well, I am active in the Hangout group on Facebook and as well as the Sorta Hospitable spinoff group. Oh, good. Yes. That's one of our very awesome spinoff groups from the Hangout. So I will definitely put a link to that particular uh, group in the show notes for anybody who wants to connect and have more conversations about hospitality and what it looks like and all of that. I will put a link in the show notes. So Heather, thank you. This has been really awesome. Thank you for bringing your wisdom today. So fun. You're welcome. All right, awesomes. If you want to find me on social media, you you know you can find me at Sort of Awesome Meg. Don't forget the shows over on Twitter at Sort of Awesome Pod. Make sure that you're following us on Instagram so you don't lose track with us over the summer. We're on Instagram at Sort of Awesome Show, and you can find us anytime on Facebook at Facebook.com/slash Sort of Awesome. Thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see y'all next time. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.